Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you A choice needs to be made. That's what we're talking about today on Your Next Step. Once again, great to be with you. I am Pastor Doug from The Church Next Door. Our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson, is here with me. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of choices we have to make at Christmas, isn't it? We have to to choose what party we're going to go to or not, or if we're going to have a party. I know some people aren't going to get invited to a party. Come to The Church Next Door, all right? We are always having a party because we want to celebrate Jesus. But, But we have to make these choices... And, and we get worn down. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, every year we struggle because we do all these Christmas Eve services. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out, okay, how can I do that and stay healthy? And so I really want to – today's lesson, we're going to talk about the choices we need to make, but it's about our bodies. It's about uh, resting and exercise and doing – and, and I, we want to do this in a way that doesn't make you feel guilty. I don't like the guilt that a lot of people make me feel about – no, but, but we have to make the these choices. The food that I and, eat at Christmas, you know. No, I, no I had guilt. a guy tell me uh, this this last week. He said, when you were a kid, you thought coffee was the adult beverage. When you were a teenager, you thought alcohol was the adult beverage. When you actually become adult, you realize that water is the adult beverage, that, <laughs> that making the <laughs> choice true. to drink something healthy That's for right. you. And trying to, I try it like, I've got a cup right now with me, because I'm trying to drink water every hour just to stay hydrated yeah. and, and, and to keep my voice you know, going and stuff, and I don't always do it. So choices we make to be physically healthy, choices we make to be spiritually healthy, that's what we're going to talk about. Well, but I also, we want to look at just living in the Father's eyes, you know, living before God. It's going to be really good today. Our priorities need to be set up so that God gets first place in our life, okay? This summer, Jennifer and I, we, we went to Israel with my mom and dad. And, and mom and daddy are now 86 and 85. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so encouraged by them whenever I'm with them because they have so much energy, so much focus, so much love for God, okay? We're in Israel. We're walking around Israel, and, and my dad is like, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And, and one day, he's like, he's 20 yards in front of me. I'm like, hey, dad, maybe you could slow down just a little bit. If you talk to my mom, she'll tell you, I want to get my three miles in today. And they'll talk about that. But if you were to go tomorrow and, 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 and stay with them, they would be up first thing in the morning for their prayer time. So they have this balance of, of putting God and the habit of God and the routine of God. And what I want you to understand is this. Godly training has the greatest value. And physical training is important, but your godly training will have an impact on your physical body because your godly training will teach you where to go with your body, what to do with your body, and how to use your body in a godly way. All right? Did you have something else? Well, a choice has to be made, 
You have to determine what your spiritual practices and habits are going to be and what your physical habits. I think we have to ask God for real wisdom. We're going to talk about fasting. I see that there's feasting in the Bible and there's fasting in the Bible. And we have to ask God for the, the help. We have to say, God, we need help. I think a great little prayer that you could pray every day is, God, I submit my body to you. Yes. And ask him for that wisdom. Because sometimes it's okay. I can eat a good piece of chocolate with the best of them. But it should probably be during times of feasting. If we every single day do something that's not the healthiest for us, maybe that's not God's best. But on the other hand, we also we want to be uh, able to celebrate with one another. One of the prayers that we've prayed for years is, Lord, I thank you that my body is yours and that you are for my body. So that means that, my God, my body is yours, but also you are the one that helps my body be healthy and strong. Listen to this. This is from 1 Corinthians. Now, let me, let me set you for the context, okay? In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the church, and some of them have begun to back off on God's standard for sexuality. And they've started getting involved in sexual relationships outside the confines of marriage. Hmm. Ever heard of a generation doing that? And, 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 and he, in the midst of that conversation about your sexuality should be under God's lordship, not under your own pleasure, your own desire, he begins to talk about our bodies. This is what he says, beginning in verse 19, chapter 6. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So he says, look at your body as though it's a temple for God. See your body as dedicated, set apart for worshiping God, not for your own pleasure. Will you trust God's way? For me, this is a memorable verse. This should be a verse that you memorize. It encompasses so many things. One of the areas that we struggle with is that we feel guilty because of the way we've treated our body or the way others have treated our body. And sometimes we hate our actual body Mm -hmm. because we have this self-hate because there's been sexual abuse that has happened against your body or physical harm has come against your body that you did not welcome. And so it's kind of hard to love and care for your body. But I want you to know that God, he knit you, he formed you, he created you, you were his baby. He knew you before you were one day old. And he said, you are precious and beautiful. And your physical body is really precious and valuable to him. And sometimes we've harmed it or others have harmed it. And we have to heal from that. But God is bigger and he's a healer. He's a deliverer. You know, in 1 Kings at Mount Carmel with Elijah, those that were worshiping Baal, they were cutting. Sound familiar? They were harming their own body. What about addiction? I was with a a leader in our church. We were in my office praying just about 10 days ago. And I said, what are the strongholds of the west side of Columbus? And she said, it's addiction. Addiction has touched every family. She said, I've lived here my whole life. And we prayed about that. And I just want to encourage you today that if something, if you've harmed your body or someone has harmed your body, that we serve a huge God. 
And he is so much bigger and he will set you free. He will heal you. He will deliver you. And I have faith for that. I have seen people that were smoking, literally prayed and boom, they were set free. Sometimes he instantly delivers you and other times he gives you that strength day by day by day by day to be free. And he's a healer. Honor God with your body. And you know, it's important who you sleep with. It should be in the holiest state of matrimony between a man and a woman in your marriage. And that's very important. And God God doesn't challenge us in that way so that we would be bummed out or disappointed or sad. No, he's trying to protect you. And it's actually physically healthy for your body. So we can trust his ways. When, when we're, what we're talking about here is your self-image, okay? And, and so many times, we've allowed our self-image to carry us down a pathway in the world in which we live. We, we'll go towards something because we want to see ourselves in a certain way, okay? And God says that, that if you'll trust my way, you'll be happy with who you are. Now, this is what happens. We look at ourselves and we see all the scars, the pain, the hurt, the sorrow in our past. But when your Father in heaven looks at you, he sees you through the eyes of Jesus and the cross. Mm-hmm. And he sees you in the resurrected body, okay? You're a whole new person. I went to the eye doctor and he put the lens up. He says, Is this good or is this better? And see, what I want you to see is looking at yourself and recognizing what Jesus has done for you, that's good. But it's even better if you'll begin to imagine yourself through the lens of Christ has made me all new. The shame is gone. The scars are gone. The pain is gone. I am Christ's child, okay? I, I mean, isn't that cool that he makes all things new? You know, I worked with the teenagers here for years and years, and they would come to me, and they'd say, but Miss Jennifer, I'm really mad at myself because now I'm not a virgin, and I wanted to get married. I had this, and I've messed it all up. Hmm. And I would say, no, guess what? We're going to pray tonight, and God will make you like a brand new virgin. And they're like, he can do that? I'm like, yeah, he can do that. And so we would pray. And you know, did you know that? That God can make you like a virgin for the second time? Because he makes all things new. And so whatever's happened in your life, you can ask God to clean it up, to wash it up. He's amazing. We've underestimated the power of God. That's right. I want to stay on this about your body as a temple for one second, because I want you to understand the context, okay? So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Now, what you have to understand is you have a mixture of Jews and Gentiles in here. And, and Jesus, when, when Jesus sat in Jerusalem before his, his death, burial, and resurrection, he looked at the temple and he said, that temple is going to be destroyed. That temple will be destroyed. Now, this is one of the most powerful testimonies that Jesus is a prophet because by the year 70, that temple was completely destroyed and pushed off of its, its, its mount. Now, you have to fast forward. Now we're in the early church, and the temple in Jerusalem is gone. There are people that are a part of the fellowship that had worship at the temple in Jerusalem. There are people that are from a Gentile background, and they've worshiped other gods in other temples. And when he looks at them and says, Your body is a temple 
for this Holy Spirit of the living God, there are people that have worshipped in Jerusalem, and they are grieving that the temple is gone. And there are people that have worshipped unholy gods, and they've stepped away from that to worship the living God. And they're being told, you're a permanent temple. You're a place of worship wherever you go. When, 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 when you go into a community, they're going to see the powerful presence of God because of your physical body is, is part of God's worship wherever you go. Don't go to a building with no windows. <laughs> I think that's a good rule of thumb. That's right. Well, think about where you go with your body. Can you imagine can you imagine coming up to Jerusalem before the temple is destroyed and every day seeing the smoke rising the offerings before the Lord and smelling it in the city see wherever you go there should be a a sense of the love of God the worship of God the honor of God there should be nothing unholy about us and, and it should be a pleasing aroma to God. Think about this. The temple had its routines, right? Every day, there were certain things that took place because we were constantly reminding ourselves, God is our God. He is the one that makes us holy. He is the one that's pleased with us. He is the one that loves us. See, you and I are meant to be like that. So let's talk about some things that need to be a part of your spiritual routine, your habit, your daily life. Number one is rest. You need rest every day. But you also need weekly rest. This is why the scripture has always invited us to Sabbath rest. Now, that does not mean we're going to make a rule and a list. Uh, you know, on this day, we, we eat these foods. No, we're not trying to focus on that part of it. What we're trying to say is this. Do you have the routine of rest in your life? Several years ago, I, I, got, uh, I got too busy and I just kept working. And I remember I woke up one day and the room was spinning. The whole house was spinning. And, and we went to the doctor and it took us a little while. Finally, the doctor said, you've, you've exhausted yourself. You've overdone it. You aren't carousing, but too much of a good thing is also, sometimes we need rest from too much of a good thing. Yeah. And, and so I had to learn how to rest. I had to learn that I couldn't be on all the time. And, and so, you know, rest is a part of it. Another part of it is prayer and exercise. And I consider prayer part of exercise. If you were to ask my mom about her three miles, every day they go and pray. And she walks while she prays. And that's how she gets part of her time in. Because, see, prayer is an exercise. It's an exercise of taking God's Word and applying it verbally over your life on how you want to live. So you take God's standard, and then you declare it over your life. The way we did about, about sleep just a moment, we said, Lord, I thank you that you want me to sleep and that you will help me to have sweet sleep tonight. That's taking God's standard and the exercise, verbally speaking it out over your life. Prayer is a verbal exercise before the Lord. There was a man two weeks ago, he prayed for five days, the healing scriptures over his body, his back and his neck, hmm. and then his neighbor actually fell and needed physical help up. And he was thinking, I don't know, I might make this worse. And he went and helped the neighbor up. And in that process, God touched his back. But he had been reading those scriptures for five days. I just think, you know, when you pray and you read the, the Bible, the Bible is medicine. 
If you're sick, you can take it three times a day. It is actually physically healing to your body. The reason we want you to see that rest, prayer, and then finally fasting are a part of it, these are all parts of your physical body. Listen, meditation is when you think about it. Prayer is when you verbalize it. See, when you pray out loud, you're bringing about... When you fast, you're denying your body food for a spiritual outcome. See, your physical body impacts your spiritual condition. The moment you said that prayer, Lord Jesus, I need you to come into my heart. I need you to lift the burden of sin and, and, and shame that I have. And I need you to be my savior from this day forward. You physically spoke that out over your life and it began to change your spiritual and your eternal condition. Well, fasting does the same thing. It teaches your body that you are choosing to dedicate your body to the Lord. And you will have hunger pain. You will have discomfort. People ask me, they say, Pastor, how is it you fast? I don't understand. I, I get so hungry. And I say, well, I do too. And so I look down at my belly and I say, you need to know something. You are not in charge. <laughs> my life is God's. And you can be hungry and you can complain right now, but I've determined that this meal, not going to happen because I want God to know I love him more than food that he is the one that gives me life and he sustains me. But you can't do it in your own strength. And that's the whole thing with mm -hmm. fasting. You could fast for any addiction. So choose your fast and then say, Lord, I need freedom from this addiction. And in that fast, God will move. Or I, I fasted for physical healing. You can do a fast for so many things that you need and God provides. We fasted for direction. We fasted for a friend who needed to come to the Lord. We fast to deny ourselves, to tell, our, tell ourselves and tell the Lord that we're trusting you for the supernatural, physical answer in this world. Okay? And to ask him for the wisdom. Ask him for the wisdom of when to sit on the couch and when to work and when to rest. And extra. We just need that it sounds so simple, but the daily guidance of how to spend our time. That's right. Let's look at let's look at third, First Thessalonians chapter five, verses twenty three and twenty four. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So Paul declares this over them as a prayer that would impact them in their spirit, in their soul, their, their, their thinking, their mind, and their body. And so our body must be clearly set aside for God's use. And that's what we want to do. You want to make sure that you regularly declare it. You know, I don't live for myself anymore, God. I live for you. And sometimes I have to tell myself that. Well, I want you to be conscious this week of where your feet go. You remember the little song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Now, God might actually call you to go to a dark place mm -hmm. and to be light. And if he does then we have to be willing to go there. But you better know that the Lord is with you and you're going for that purpose. But to really be conscious this week of where your feet actually take you. Sometimes you have to ask yourself the motive. Am I wanting to do this for me? Or am I wanting to do this for God's purposes? And, and sometimes there's kind of a wrestling match within yourself. 
So let's talk about living in the Father's eyes. What would it be like? I've, I've, I've decided to change, and I want to live in the Father's every, every day. So would you like start living intentionally and, and focused with your body? Would you, would you start every day a different way from this day forward? Is there something about your habit, your routine, the way you're living? Are, are, there, are there people that you think, I really shouldn't, I shouldn't give them access to my life? Or to uh, my body. Or my body. Are you allowing God to use your body for his purposes? Mm-hmm. So I, I have to ask myself, so God, what is it you want me to accomplish today? So this is, why, this is why giving your mind to the Word of God becomes important, because the Word of God becomes the standard of what are His purposes, not what seemed like it'd be good to me. Lots of people will tell me things, well, I, it seemed good to me, and I'll say, well, was, is that what the Bible says? Is that good for you? And so that's why we get to know the Bible. The last one is, is it's really important. Are you willing to let God take your shame? We've talked about this. There's, there's things from our past. There's things that, that are still scarring us. Are we willing to believe that God could heal that shame? Are we willing to say, God, I need you to help me change my way of viewing myself? It's okay when we mess up. We just have to say, God, I, I messed up and I need your help. That, I do that all the time. Lord, I can't do this without you. I need your strength. And he doesn't want us walking around feeling guilty. That's exactly the trap of the enemy. He wants you feeling guilty about what's happened to you or about the choices that you've made. And God says, no, that's why I sent my son to the cross to set you free. He doesn't want you there. He doesn't want you staying there. Shame is always a voice that says, you are, and then it has something negative. Shame always uh, destroys you, and it takes away your motivation for life. Shame is never the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, the Holy Spirit may tell you that you're guilty of something, and the reason the Holy Spirit will tell you you're guilty of a of an action or a thought, you confess it to the Lord and he forgives you. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. But shame says you, you'll never overcome this. I like to think of that cross, those two cross beams like this. That's God saying, come here, come here, baby. I'm going to give you a big bear hug. Come on. I just want to love you. You're mine. And he just wants to give you that hug. See, the scripture says that Jesus bore shame that you might be free. Jesus hung on a cross publicly with criminals so that you could, could live free and in victory. So today, what we want to do... I mean, it's the best news in town, isn't it? That God yeah. would heal our physical bodies, that he would set us free of addiction, that he would love us even though other people harmed us or hated us, and he would love us even if we didn't care for our own self. I mean, that is some good news. That's why they call it the good news of the gospel. Anyway, that's good. He's so big. He can do it, you guys. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. What if we took a moment and just pray for our schools and colleges today? Lord, we we thank you for our nation because uh, our nation really believed in education early on. And God, it was the church It was the believers who started Harvard and Yale and Princeton. So many of our best educational institutions were started as Bible schools, as as institutions of learning to train God's people to serve you. And that's why we come before you today to pray for our colleges and our schools. Lord, we we know about all the shenanigans and the the false teachings that have gone on through the universities and the colleges, and that's why we pray today. We pray that you would begin to clean house, that you would be the judge over our educational institutions, that you would cause the ones that will bring life to flourish, and that you would diminish those that would harm our children. Lord, we're asking you to give us wisdom as parents What schools do we send our children to? Do we teach them ourselves? And how do we educate our children in a world that's debating these things? Lord, we're praying that you would arise and that you would would make your way. Lord, we've seen revivals at Yale in the past. We've seen revivals at Harvard in the past. And we're asking for revival in our higher education, in, in our colleges, our universities, our high schools, Lord. We pray for the ministries that minister to students, Lord. We pray for our churches to be effective at reaching students. May they go from college into the ministry, Lord. So, Lord, today we call on you, the God of all providence, to show mercy and grace and move in our educational systems. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website and give us your email address and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888 644 
888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.